Welcome back to the Fikra podcast. You are here with Brother Mashhood. Alhamdulillah. Assalamu alaikum. How was everyone? Now, today, Alhamdulillah, last time I had Ustad Jamal all the way from UK, and uh, now I have my personal teacher, Dr. Shadi Al Masri. He is um, someone I grew up seeing, uh, got closer to within the past few years. Um, very weirdly enough, the first time I kind of decided that I wanted to learn from him was this dream I got. I had this dream, and I, and I mentioned him, I, I saw him right after Juma. I, I mentioned it to him that I, you know, Dr. Shadi, I, I saw you in a dream. Uh, you know, I don't know what to do. Like, what does that mean? Because apparently now I look back at it and I knew exactly what I'm doing there now. But uh, I was actually sitting in front of you reciting a hadith with Isnad. Mm. Right, the back to the Prophet from you, right, and and you were testing me, but and and it was a so you can tell it's a dream. It was a weird thing that you did. You're stroking my beard, seeing if I'm worthy. <laughs> Which is, you know, so Dr. Shadi, how are you today? Alhamdulillah, you're a very I'm, busy person. <laughs> I'm very good. And by the way, sometimes uh, people like they say like how um, about their you know old uh, the elders and maybe or like someone's like an older brother figure, but you can't underestimate how much that young students of knowledge uh, also revive someone who's been doing it for like 10 years, right? Someone's been teaching for 10 years, some young students with zeal and energy, they also are a source of reviving. And subhanAllah, there is an ayah, or uh, sorry, a a saying of one of the ulama, and he said, does anyone think that Allah Ta'ala will leave his pasture without any new seeds? Mm. Right, there will always be new seeds being placed into the, the garden, uh, of Allah, which is his of His creation, that will sprout into beautiful plants and trees. And may Allah Taala make us both, uh, you know, from that. Amen. Uh, you know, so uh, it, it's it gives me a lot of energy too when I have uh, <laughs> the likes of yourself, you know, Harun and Ali. Uh, also, Jake is yeah. now in a in a studying hard too. You know, Jake. Mashallah, mashallah. Right. Yeah. So, mashallah, we have a nice young crop. And may Allah Ta'ala keep us on the straight path. And the straight path has to be a balanced path. Of course. I mean, so so today, um, and, and I know that for my, I think for my, whenever I started my podcast back in November, September-ish, um, I think you were scheduled to be the first guest, right? Oh, wow. <laughs> and, and subhanAllah, like things just, uh, you went on that Hajj, the Umrah trip, and then uh, like it was after and after and after. And I actually came onto your podcast once. Yeah. Um, so, so, but Alhamdulillah, we're here now. Um, and, and I've always wanted to get into something that it would, it would really uh, make people like really try to emphasize more of the Sharia within their life, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, because cause without that, you know, what kind of life are you living, to be honest? Um, it gives us a purpose. It gives us, you know, al-surat al-mustaqim. It gives us the. Uh, and and by the way, you've also mentioned this that al-surat al-mustaqim doesn't mean a straight path, meaning a leveled path, mm-hmm. but it means a. It means a. It's an uphill. You know, you have to increase effort, and with increased effort. Um, and and I think the first ever reminder that I uh, kind of posted onto Instagram was on the importance of adhkar. Mm-hmm. Now I think that for for me personally, when I went towards the the route of implementing and really making it kind of wajib on myself my life changed like uh, guaranteed like nothing ever better came before that so and one time i actually i was i was in a very hard place um and, and i just came to looking for like something so and you gave me the very simple nasiha you were like just up here with car 
And I never understood that. I was like, how can he just say that? You know? And 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 you said, say la halu la quwwata illa billah and hasbun Allahu wa ni'mal wakeel. And I was like, okay, that's that's like that seems so simple. But when I put it in practice, the and then this is the only advice I'll ever give anyone actually. Like I don't feel that the need to give anything else because I've found myself to be honest with adhkar. So so what would you say on that? Subhanallah the uh, first of all adhkar like hasbunallah wa ni'mal wakeel la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. There are adhkar that uh, their creations of Allah it's a it's a khalq of Allah it's an like action that Allah has given us and it's almost as if an unseen force moves in this world and stops your enemies from harming you and it turns it upside down upon them uh, the dhikr of hasbunallah wa ni'mal wakil and la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah specifically they're interchangeable of course but specifically hasbunallah wa ni'mal wakil is for an enemy where we are completely innocent all right the dhikr of hasbunallah wa ni'mal wakil is for someone who's completely innocent the dhikr of la ilaha illa anta subhanak inni kuntu min al-zalimin is the dhikr for when we're in trouble because of our own actions so sometimes people feel i'm the one who did this so i don't deserve you know any help but in mm. fact that's not the case because why is it that sayyidna yunus alayhi salam who said this dhikr is the first person to to be given this gift every dhikr is like a gift and every prophet is given yeah. something unique right so Sayyidina Yunus said, La ilaha illa kuntu blaming himself uh, for having left the city. And he was, he had, what happened was that he was just not aware, like Sayyidina Adam forgot and ate from the tree, or was not aware because uh, it's also said that Iblis told him it's no longer haram, and he didn't know that anyone here in paradise lies. So he ate mm. from the tree. So he's mm. actually innocent from our perspective of Sharia. Mm. Uh, and so Sayyidina Yunus salam, also it said that he had not realized he, or forgot that a prophet cannot leave a city that he's given orders to do da'wah to unless he's told, right? Mm. Unless Allah tells him, leave, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So he was frustrated by the shirk. He could not understand and fathom how anybody could know about Allah and still worship an idol because it just made no sense to him. So he left mm. out of frustration and he was swallowed by the well. He said, la ilaha min and then Allah says, We answered his call and saved him from the darkness. Sayyidina Ibrahim was thrown into the fire and was found guilty and he was completely innocent, right? He, 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 there's nothing that he did to cause that. So he said, Is in a struggle where a lot of strength is needed. So you call upon the strength of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or you call upon Allah to, to, to inspire you with the strength. Al-Hawl is, is ability and Al-Quwa is strength. So if you notice the word Hawwala to, 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 to change something, right? Yeah. Al-Hawl is the ability to change things. And Al-Quwa is strength. Right? So La no strength, or uh, no ability or strength is except from Allah, so, uh, by Allah Ta'ala. Um, when you specifically speaking, the concept of Adhkar al-Sabah al-Masa is the concept that a person is, is sort of, uh, uh, we're all weak and we need to strength to put some weight down on our Iman. Our Iman is almost like a feather flying away, right? But we need to anchor it down. 
Now you're already weak. So how are you going to get it? How are you going to carry a big anchor and, and move it onto your, you know, your Iman to, 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 to hold it down? You can't. But what you can do is you could take a small weight and place it on one end. And then in the evening, take another small weight, place it on the opposite end. And that's what adhkar of the morning and the evening. And I always tell people, go to ratib.co.uk for mm -hmm. the wird al-latif in the morning, ratib al-shahid at night. And by placing just that ten, five minutes of dhikr in the morning, five minutes of dhikr at night, after you know, a, a week of this, there's a difference. After a month of this, there's a difference. After a year, you're a different person. And you don't even realize it. Yeah. Now, the value of awrad is the value of being so slow that you don't realize that you changed. Mm -hmm. And why is that a value? Because when we realize that we've changed, we can get wiswas of arrogance. Mm. Whispers of uh, Whisper. within ourselves. Whispers within ourselves and we recognize ourselves, right? Yeah. When you slowly improve, you don't even recognize your improvement. So you, you, you think nothing's happening. So you stay your old humble self, right? And you've seen students of knowledge, I'm sure, learn really quickly, then become arrogant punks. Yeah. Judgmental, <laughs> judgment, judgmental people who now want to, uh, you know, bash everybody else. Mm. Because he noticed himself really quickly got knowledge or got attention, but it got to his head and Shaitan played games with his head. And now he's That's, like bashing everybody. Yeah. It's a big fitness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So do you, um, I think you just recently posted and it really connects with um, what we're talking about here is uh, the, uh, the concept of Ruqya. So where did Ruqya come? Uh, was it revealed by Allah? Uh, like where, where do you think where um, we can implement it in our lives? Uh, what even is it? So. Well, uh, the idea is that um, Ruqya, I believe, had existed in the time before uh, the, the, the Prophet Ruqya yeah. existed with the Arabs. Maybe it was what we can say from the, um, uh, from the, what the Prophet called the remnants of prophethood. Okay. And so yeah. Ruqya had existed before. And so the yeah. Arabs, the Sahaba, they knew this concept of reciting words upon an injury or, uh, or different forms of it, reciting words or blowing or reciting on a fluid. So one time, the Muslims were, Sahaba were traveling on a mission, but told to them by the Prophet ﷺ when it got dark and it started to rain. And so the, the Muslims went and uh, they had uh, sought refuge with a man, uh, with a tribe. And they said, can you host us for the evening? Give us food and, and host us from this bad weather. They said, uh, you are Muslims? Uh, no, forget you. We don't want you. So he, the chief kicked them out. Mm. So, sometime later, in the same night, a man came from that tribe and said, who amongst you knows Ruqya? They knew they're religious people. They're people of Allah and they know uh, things like of the unseen. And um, uh, because our chief has just been bitten by a scorpion. So Abu Sa'id al-Khudri was the emir of that trip. He went back and he took the uh, leg of the man who he had been bitten on his leg and he recited Surah Al-Fatiha. And then he would drop a little bit of spittle from his mouth into the wound. And he kept doing it over and over and over and over. Fatiha, spittle, fatiha and spittle. Okay. As if the barakah of the recitation of the fatiha was intermingled now with his saliva. Yeah. He would drop that saliva, just a drop of saliva into the uh, uh, wound of the man. Yeah. And the man was cured. 
Okay. After the man was cured, he said, thank you. Sayyidina Abu Sayyid al-Khudri, he looked at his responsibility. He had men with him, Sahaba. He said, no, there's no thank you here. There's a cost, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Let us sleep and protect ourselves from the, from the rain and give us a sheep so that we can eat. Nanu, feed us and give us shelter, basically. Yeah. Now, yeah. some of the Sahaba were like, wait a second. Are we allowed to take money for this, right? <laughs> but, but notice, uh, he did not charge another Muslim. He charged a non-believer. Okay. Yeah. So there are a couple of things here. Number one, the Iman is more important in the Raqi than anyone else. Like either one of For the sure. two should have it. So in this case, yeah. the Kafir, he didn't believe in Allah. He doesn't believe yeah. in the Quran. Or he, they all knew Allah Ta'ala, but they had idols. He didn't believe in the Quran. But the Raqi, the one doing the Ruqya, did believe. Mm. And so it worked. Okay. Um, secondly, you know, as a non-Muslim, he charged him for it. Okay. And it's therefore, uh, Allah Alam what the Fuqaha said in specific, but I imagine if somebody's spending a lot of time, like coming to your hospital bed every single day, you know, maybe yeah, you're yeah. going to give him a compensation for his time. But mm -hmm. it showed the permissibility of receiving some compensation for it. Yeah, yeah. Okay? And of course, Sayyidina Abu Sayyid al-Khudri is not trying to get rich off of this. He's, his companions had a need. And yeah, it was, it was just in the moment. Yeah. yeah, it was in the moment. So it's not like he went on and made a career out of this. Yeah. That's number two. Number three is they went back to the messenger when the mission was over. He said, yeah. oh, messenger of Allah, this and this and this happened. And Abu Sa'id took money from it. And they cooked a lamb for us from, for that. So the Prophet said him smiled. And he even asked for a piece of that meal to show them that it's halal. Yeah, yeah. And then he said, Oh, Abu Sa'id, how did you know Al-Fatiha was a Ruqya? That shows us that the idea of Ruqya had already existed, but what was unique to Abu Sa'id was that he, from his own ta'weel, from his own ijtihad, deemed yeah. Surah Al-Fatiha to be the Ruqya, to be what to recite. Yeah. So it shows us the permissibility of ijtihad in Ruqya. Now, in the post meaning that I put taking, up... Taking, meaning, uh, what would you say? Ijtihad, uh, what I mean by that is that the, the scholar uses his uh, understanding mm. of the Qur'an to yeah. deem verses to be a ruqya for certain illnesses. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Like so, for example, the, the ayah, Correct. Yeah. So that ayah, is there a certain... Does the Quran tell us this ruqya? No. Did the Prophet tell us this ruqya? No. Hmm. The, the, but the Iraqi, he makes an ijtihad from himself. Yeah, yeah. That this will be a ruqya for... Uh, sihr. Yeah. For sihr, right? Because yeah. obviously it's like the verse is about sihr and it mentions in it the, the uh, neutralizing of mm. black magic. So yeah. the cure is sort of mentioned in it. So based upon that commonsensical view of the verse, it's what's to be recited for sihr. And this is commonly well known amongst the scholars, they've accepted that too. So that's where exactly, yeah. the idea of ijtihad in ruqya. Now, <clears throat> someone may ask, well, what if your ijtihad is wrong? You're wasting your time. No, you're not wasting your time. All, still... of, all of the dhikr of Allah and all of the Quran is a general uh, ruqya. And I would deem it like all of the Quran is the path from point A to point B. Yeah. But the, if you get the correct verse, then you've, re, you've found the fast lane mm -hmm. from point A to point B. Yeah. 
So getting the correct ijtihad on the verse is the fact. So let's say there's somebody with um, uh, can't sleep at night. Okay. You recite any dhikr of Allah, Quran, right, is good. But specifically, right, the remembrance of Allah saying, Just thinking about that, remembering it and saying to yourself, truly by the remembrance of Allah, do hearts find tranquility. Remembering that ayah is like the fast lane to it. Okay. Mm. All right, so, all right, you want to get strong. Any, any dhikr of Allah will help you. But how about his saying, Allahu latifun bi'ibadi, Allah is gentle with his servants. Yarzuqu man yasha, he, he gives rizq to whomever he wishes. Yeah. And he is the strong and the noble. Right? Mm. That will be, the recitation of that ayah will be for you a fast lane. Or when you're, you could say when you're pumping iron, this is going to be You say corny. that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. And, and <laughs> when you're pumping iron, huh? Yep. Uh, so you posted on uh, Twitter this uh, very, very amazing thread. So uh, we could go through it. Inshallah. Yeah, let's do it. Um, you said, okay, so uh, as far as when next time you're in pain, uh, which is more trusting, Ruqya or Tylenol? And you said take both. Okay, so this is a very important yeah. concept, is that the first principle of Ruqya is that it does not displace mm. medicine. Now, there's a reason for that. The reason is that we believe ailments are either purely external, purely mm -hmm. internal, or both. Okay. Okay. So... If it's in that being the case, it could very well be that an internal discomfort in the heart of a person causes sickness, right? And you all, I mean, you, if you get upset, don't you get a headache? Yeah. But yeah. what's the cause of the headache? It's something abstract. It's yeah, upsetness, yeah. right? It's stress or you know, anxiety, yeah. something like this. I mean, someone, someone tells you like there's, um, you had an overdue bill and there's a lien on your home now. Right, yeah. and you're actually gonna, you owe fifty thousand mm -hmm. dollars. Okay, immediately any one of us is gonna have a headache, like real quick. Yeah. Right, you're gonna get upset. Your your skin's gonna clam up. Your 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 palms will. Those aren't sicknesses, but they're physical effects. The sickness yeah. is that you have a headache now. Um, immediately, someone says, you call the township and you say, "What's going on?" Say, "Oh, we really apologize. There's extra." Uh, we hit two zeros by mistake. You only owe five hundred dollars, right? <laughs> all right, that I can do that, right? I don't like it, but I can do it. Five hundred dollars. Now all of a sudden, guess what? Your headache is gone, right? So yeah. this is like a very simple proof, an idea that inner discomfort can cause illnesses. Yeah. Now that one's a simple example because as soon as the discomfort was gone, the headache was gone. But you can have a situation where an inner discomfort agitates an organ or, or blood in the body that kicks off a domino effect of a truly physical illness that the disappearance of that discomfort will not change. Mm -hmm. And that's, for example, uh, someone falls in love, all of a sudden his love interest kicks him to the curb and he's so shocked, so sad that they get cancer, right? This could possibly very, so, but now that you have the cancer, yeah. Right. It's not going to, now it's permanently physical. Yeah. So the inner kicked it off. It agitated it, but now 
it's an so actual it physical external. cancer. Yeah, it's an external cancer that you have to treat with phys uh, uh, physical remedies. So that's why one of the principles of Ruqya is that it is not coming to displace physical medicine. However, it is something that should be the primary belief of a person because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commanded us to take medicine but never told us that medicine itself will cure, right? But he did tell us that his words will cure, okay? Mm -hmm. He did tell us that his words will cure. So we're commanded to take medicine, but we're commanded to believe in the words of Allah Ta'ala more than we're commanded to believe in actual medicine. So that's uh, how we view the internal, the external, and the use of ruqya and medicine at the same time. So, uh, so, so then, therefore, you can also, you have to also look towards physical medicines. Like you can't just rely on one or the other. So number three, right? So you, so you say for the Quran in general is a healing. Yep. But there's specific verses, right? Yeah. Uh, and then you mentioned uh, like the ulama also have their own ishtihad, and they they mentioned those as specific verses of healing. Correct. Um, and I know for there's like specifics that you can give for like a headache right versus for mm -hmm. versus for gins versus for you know? so, so usually people just tie uh ruqya to uh, uh an ailment slash medicine for jinn and sihar no Is that's that... it's it's a any discomfort abstract or i mean we might not call it abs uh, ruqya for abstract let's say you're fearing somebody we yeah. want to call that ruqya, but dhikrullah, right? But uh, ruqya is far beyond just black magic, you know, and sihr and that, those types of things. So, but let's say somebody says, you know what, uh, I am a convert, I don't speak Arabic, or I'm from a certain culture that I don't know Arabic. Mm. I'm 50 years old. I'm not going to learn these new verses. I'm, I'm, uh, the, that ship has sailed, uh, so I can't benefit from ruqya. No, we say, fatiha. Ayatul Kursi, the last few ayahs of Baqarah, that is your universal ruqya. Yeah. Like, have you ever seen in health the, uh, if you have skin problems, drink water. You got headaches, yeah. drink water. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everything is drink water, drink water, drink water. Hydration. <laughs> Hydration. So that is your general medicine. Secondly, any Quran. Remember, we, we, that what's absolutely certain is that any dhikrullah or any Qur'an is the highway to your solution. It's only that if you are able to learn certain specific verses, then you're in the fast lane. Okay? So if, yeah, I'm, yeah. if I'm nervous and I'm upset and I want Allah to protect me from somebody who's going to uh, you know, uh, harm me, and I sit and I open Surat Al-Muzzammil or Surat Shu'ara, like randomly. Yeah. Is that uh, sufficient for me to get protection? For sure. I've submitted myself to Allah and I put myself in his, in his book, right? Mm. So for sure. However, that's the general path. If I was to sit and recite Hasbi Allah wa Ni'mal Wakil over and over and over, then that will produce a, a faster, stronger, more potent force. For example, what are, what are all these like types of vitamins and stuff? Um, you could take vitamin C pills. Yeah, they're supplements. They're called supplements for like, supplements. They, they supplement so, your diet, right? Yeah, so they've taken them out of a fruit, 
right? Yeah, yeah, like vitamin C. Exactly. So yeah. it's much easier to get take a vitamin C pill mm. than to eat five oranges, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and which one's going to take you longer? So it's more potent if you take the little pouch of vitamin yeah. C and drink it rather than eating all the oranges because, right, it's just going to be faster for you and more potent. Exactly. Yeah, but yeah. if you said, no, I don't, I, can't, I don't have time for that. Let me just eat oranges every day. You're still going to get the same result. Yes. That's a very, no, no, no. That, that's, a better, that's a better example that we can actually put it into a practical sense that, you know, you don't have to do all these, you know, um, specific, specific, uh, like even like Orad, to be honest, you can do the general ones and then work your way up. Uh, but don't. But because would you say that after a certain amount of time, right, when you're expanding in your knowledge and, and everything that you should also pack up on adhkar? Uh, adhkar, the best of it is that which is consistent. And when mm -hmm. we say consistent, we don't mean for five weeks. We like talking about yeah. for five decades. Yeah, yeah. So what are you going to be consistent with for five decades? Now, the beginner is different. Mm. The beginners, it is said that if there is such an uncontrollable fire in the beginner, that that's actually a good thing. In other words, the beginner is just like out of control, piling on knowledge and dhikr and da'wah. He's just out of control, right? Yeah, yeah. He's on fire. The ulama, Ibn, Hikam Ibn Atat says, this is a very, very good sign. Mm -hmm. It's not what he's going to be upon permanently, right? It's yeah. for one, two years, three years, four years that he will be just, you know, pumping the weight yeah, and, yeah. and going crazy. But... That's a good thing, but he has to have a knowledge that there's going to come a time where life takes over and you now enter a different phase of your worship to Allah Ta'ala, which is a phase of responsibilities, of mm. serving the ummah more than ingesting or, or, or taking intaking benefit for yourself. Yeah, yeah. So that person should know that you may end up, you know, in that phase of life with three awrad a day. You know, yeah. one in the morning, one in the evening, and one, you know, whenever you can in the daytime. Mm. Okay. And that uh, you will truly earn your position with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by your actions and your service to the people. And especially yeah. in this day and age, where uh, this day and age is very different from the past. In the past, you can go into a khalwa, which is you can resign from life for 20 years. You can come back and nothing changed. Right. Today, you go... Uh, for 20 minutes, you come back and there's news, right? And there's yeah. something that you have to react to that's going to affect people. You have yeah. to react because it's going to it's going to harm people. People are mm -hmm. upset by something, right? Um, so what ends up happening is that this era is more an era of service than of personal worship. Mm -hmm. But personal worship must be used as your gasoline. You cannot have a car like Lightning McQueen. He mm. thought he can go around and finish the last lap without stopping at the service area. Well, what happened yeah. to his tires? His tires fell off, right? And so, uh, <laughs> I mean, that's like your favorite movie. You're a 2000 <laughs> baby, right? Yeah, exactly. When were you born? 1999? Yeah, 99. <laughs> okay, so that you're, you probably <laughs> had a Lightning McQueen lunchbox, right? Yeah, the <laughs> benefits we can take from Disney. <laughs> <laughs> that's like the only benefit. The rest is... Yeah. But that's the idea. The dhikrullah, solitude, and heavy, heavy dua with desperation is our gasoline. It's our new tires. And the more we do it. Now, if you stay in the pit stop the whole time, you got a perfect car, but you're not moving. Yeah. So you got to hit the pit stop and move. 
hit the pit stop and move right and you have to, every one of us is going to find that balance so so as far as no sorry to cut you off the so as far as um so as far as khalwa goes isolation uh very personal seclusion and everything as far as that goes uh now we're in quarantine right now we're like a lot of people are still at home they're not going out uh do like this is the, i would say like this is the time to really push yourself really try to get up there um, and, and if you can, you know what I mean? Just make advantage, take advantage of every single, uh, minute that you have. Yeah. Uh, first of all, uh, let's just bring up certain people who live alone. Yeah. Are really suffering, right? Uh, are really suffering. The people yeah, yeah. who live alone who, um, yeah, you can take walks outside, but I mean, um, no, of course, of course. They're really course. suffering. Now there are some people who, who, who don't have good family relations. They're, ex- mm. they're really suffering too. Right. Mm. So I, I like to remember them as much as possible. They're oh, really course. having a hard time. So, mm. however, if you do get along with your family and you have what you need of, you know, enough socialization and you, mm. and, but it's not too much, it's not harmful to you. It's good. Yeah, yeah. I think this is one of the, the times that a lot of people will remember. And I think that a lot of people who had, and I, I was talking to somebody, they told me that they were literally their friend was about to send their child back to the homeland mm. because their, 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 their child, 17 years old had just gone off the deep end. Mm. They couldn't, they didn't know what to do. They're going to send them back to the homeland, right? Yeah. Probably a mistake. Cause the homelands, what is the homeland? This homeland is no different than yeah, America yeah. anymore. Either, not right? anymore. Not anymore. Everyone's got a cell phone with computers and I mean, Wi-Fi and everything. So I don't exactly. know how that was going to help, but, he, he's imagining that it's like the 90s where you can send your kid back to the homeland and he comes back smiling and happy and good-humored and with manners. That's not the case anymore, right? The yeah. homeland is as corrupted as anything else. Yeah. But in any event, COVID hit uh, mm. back, I think it was, when, when was the lockdown? March? March. All right. The news started cycling in January. It grew for about two months and it hit us in March, I think, right? Mm. So... Uh, the lockdown hit, he couldn't take his daughter to, to, to back to Pakistan. Yeah. But he has said in the span of 60 days, two months. Mm. Okay. It's everything is 180 degrees. Really? SubhanAllah. Because they start, she has no, she has, you know, nowhere to go. Yeah. Right? yeah. So they sit around, you know, watching movies together at night. Mm. They build bonds. They, they're laughing together, right? They're eating yeah. together. You, yeah. you go make the popcorn. You get the ice cream, whatever, yeah. right? They're building a bond. They're doing something together. Mm-hmm. Now, I know some listeners out there will be like, Astaghfirullah, watching a movie. Why don't you sit and have a halaqa of Quran? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's, I want to. That's wonderful. But yeah. not everyone is in that position to yeah, do that, exactly. right? That for some people who are going, you know, getting tattooed, going to tattoo parlors, hanging out with people, you know, in that crowd, uh, again, somebody's gonna probably say something. Not everyone with tattoos are bad. Fine, all right. It is haram, but fine. no. There, there's there's addictions. There's addictions to everything. Everywhere. It's a culture, yeah. right? It's, it's a culture. culture. Yeah. You hang exactly. out at the tattoo parlor. There's probably gonna be, you know, there's not gonna be the Islamic environment that you yeah, want yeah. your kid in, no, right? Exactly. Yeah. But that's where they're going to hang out. They're going to parties. They're drinking. They're getting drug, uh, drunk. They're getting high. They may be having zina, right? Yeah. Um, and doing all these things. To sit around in your living room watching a movie is a bad in comparison, right? <laughs> yeah. That's a, it's a, it's not, it's not a bad technically. It's a step up though, right? Yeah. You're out yeah. of that filth and you're into 
a home environment with your parents, eating popcorn with your mom and dad on the couch, right? That's a big nama for a lot of people. Exactly. So yeah. we have to have that type of commonsensical approach with things. And just doing that yeah. has just for, for, you know, every day, this is what they do. And they sit around and then they cook because what else is there to do? Cook, right? Yeah, Everyone's yeah, cooking. Yeah. How about gardening? Let's, you know, change this, change that, uh, paint the walls, you know, <clears> pick, <throat> uh, pluck out weeds, put it, plant a new tree, remove the old branch, blah, blah, blah. All the things that people are doing, taking walks. Mm. I know all my neighbors now. <laughs> Seven years, right? How, how many, how long I've been living in this house? I've been living in this house uh, for five years now, six so years, you, going on six you, years. You live in a circle. <laughs> I, I live in a circle. I know like one of the neighbors. I know one of them what he looks like. <laughs> I know the other one. Uh, uh, again, like maybe we waved across the bushes. Okay. Uh, the other households I know because they have kids, but we never talked. Yeah. Okay? Except the one neighbor that's right next to us because our garages like face each other or, so, or, or, or our home yeah, face yeah, each yeah. other's garage. Yeah. See them all the time, but that's it. But now I know people in the whole area uh, yeah, because yeah. everyone takes walks. Mm. Right. And where are you going to walk? You're going to walk. We have a lake and we have a highway. Yeah. So you're just going to walk in that, in yeah. that neighborhood, right? Yeah, yeah, in that development. We all walk in the same development. We bump into each other. The entire family is taking a walk. I oh. guarantee you some of these kids, especially with teens, yeah. have never had a family walk before mm. COVID-19. For sure. So I think um, whatever is actually going on or will go on, because yeah. one thing that's scary is that, you know, that government's wa wa mouths are watering when they see that the people have so easily like put themselves in house arrest right yeah, yeah, yeah. so so i'm sure that there are some people in the in the world of government whose mouths are watering now at what's the potential how can we make this something where we push a button and everyone goes back home right yeah. i'm sure that people are thinking like that of course and so there's going to be some negative secondary consequences whatever it is let things uh, whatever however things are right now is a very good time for a lot of families mm. right? and a lot of um, bonds will be built and people who are, you know, 11, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, this is going to be a, such a memorable year to them. Mm. And it's going to happen again, right? It's going to happen for another year, I believe. I believe, I think that a lot of schools mm. are hesitating. Uh, my, my Rutgers, uh, they, they closed for the fall 2020. 20. Wow. Yeah, so, so until January 28th, we're still online. Yeah, and, and January 28th is in the middle of flu season. Right. And yeah, exactly. So, mo so most likely you may mm. talk about the spring too. Uh, so they may extend it into spring. Like I, yeah. I bet you on Thanksgiving, they're going to extend it to spring break. Right. Mm -hmm. And if you're online for spring to spring break, there's only like four weeks after, after that. So you might as well yeah. end the whole year. So um, that's how I think a lot of people are taking advantage of this. Mm. So, so, so as far as the, you know, we got the good and nice, uh, very nice feels, inshallah. But uh, for those that are struggling, you know, for those that are really feel like their iman just just took a tank after everything. They don't have the the, the community feel when they're at college. Maybe they have the friends. Uh, I know a lot of uh, friends that you know feel like their friends were a motivation for Dean. Uh, so what would you say as some advice for them because they they don't know what to do. Um. Take live online stuff. Yeah. Live online where, like I've seen, I seen it in my kids. They're bummed out in the beginning. But now that they have, they take classes, right? Mm -hmm. And then they mm -hmm. chat with their friends a little bit, 
you know, yeah. on the Zoom afterwards. Uh-huh. And they do get a feeling, and they're laughing. I hear them laughing, right, and doing stuff and talking yeah. and, and shouting and stuff. And, and so I, that, that is a fake, but not, uh, it's, it's almost like um, orange juice from concentrate, right? <laughs> it's still, yeah. it's going to fill your stomach, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's going to go into your throat and cool you down and give you some sugar. It's not orange juice freshly squeezed. But uh, my, my father only drinks freshly squeezed. Yeah. And so if you, if you want to, if you're thirsty, you can either die from thirst, be stubborn and die from thirst, or just take yeah. what's from concentrate and you survive on that, right? Yeah, yeah of and, course. And so they're surviving on that. The online, uh, going online, talking to people in live chats after Halakha's online or in the class setting. and then Yeah, discussions. Yeah. Uh, so I feel that that's, that's one of your ways to do it. You know, um, people should try to yeah. keep, you got to take something better than nothing. It's also, you know, a, a sentiment to the importance of uh, husband, wife, husband slash wife and kids. Mm. Right? And this is where your sacrifice in, in, in getting married and having kids, it really pays off. And not only that, learning to get along and being, yeah. because I'm, I'm sure a lot of people were fighting in the beginning of, of the lockdown because they're antsy and, uh, you know, they're focused on themselves and now their, their space is, is cloistered. But the, the discipline of, of getting married, first of all, of having children and not being stingy, having, you know, multiple children cause the, so that the kids could do something with each other, keep each other mm. busy, right? Mm. All of these, and of course, some people don't have kids for biological purposes. So that's yeah. their, their special rank from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And don't think that it's a test. It could be a gift mm. because kids could make you white haired. They can go astray. And I've seen many people who cannot enjoy them. They could, uh, accidents could happen to kids, right? They yeah. could die. They could be killed in a car crash or drowned. So yeah. a lot of people who don't have kids, they should actually view it as a gift, right? And look at the people who did have kids and yet it increased them in nothing other than grief. So for people who cannot have kids, they should look at that. Not getting married based on inability. If it's inability, then also look at the hardships of people in marriage. Sometimes a wife could... Uh, you know, lead the husband astray. Some the husband could can lead the wife into misery. True. So, it, but the idea of intentionally not marrying and not having kids is a misguided idea. Yeah. You should marry and you should have kids. And and let me tell you about some people for marriage. You got to be persistent if you find the one that you want. Be persistent. <laughs> you say, oh, you know, maybe it's not the time, and you give up, then you're not worthy of her right? You have to be persistent. And I know a brother, subhanAllah, he went and he proposed to a girl in a different world. This sister was smart, right? Uh, Intelligent, had, you know, uh, fancy friends. And this brother was a blue collar uh, uh, hustler type of guy. Yeah. But these hustlers, I love hustlers, right? Because they they put more emphasis on persistence and will you know, than anything else. Mm. And everybody that she took counsel from was like skeptical about the idea. Mm. And this guy persisted and persisted and persisted, right? And uh, she finally fell in love with his persistence. It's like, he, he wants me that much, right? So she fell in love with that, right? Yeah. And he married who he wanted to marry. So I would say to such people, don't be one of these, you know, uh, uh, someone who gives up. Don't give up. 
if you find the person that you believe this is the right person for you, right? And marriage is not something that falls in your lap. Easy come, easy go. If you don't have to fight for something, it's going to disappear, right? With yeah. ease. You don't appreciate it. So just because you have to fight for something does not mean Allah is putting obstacles so it's meant not to be. No. If Allah is filling your heart with energy and enthusiasm to do this, and everyone around you is telling you, it's good if you can do it, right? There are obstacles, but it's good if you can do it. Then go for it and fight through those obstacles. I mean, COVID itself is an obstacle, but I've seen people push and still get married during the virus, mm. right? From scratch, from getting to know, they pushed. Yeah, the father-in-law is going to say, oh, okay, son, let's wait till after the virus. Click. He's already been married. He's satisfied. He's happy, right? Yeah, yeah. You're the one who's hungry. You're lean. And Sharia forces us to lower our gaze. We're not allowed to do zina, us, uh, right? And so a young man, he's not getting married, you know, as a formality. He is hungry, <laughs> yeah. right? He, want, he needs something. Yeah. He needs companionship. Mm -hmm. And a lot of, I remember when I was studying Mecca, and Mecca is, unlike the many old cities, like Cairo, you can be busy all the time. Yeah. Morocco, you can be busy all the time. You walk in the streets, people will chit-chat with you, right? Mm. Mecca's not like that. Yeah, it's, you it's will all, not. It's all people from all over the place. And it's also, it's like, there's no sense of socialization. Yeah. Like the, the Meccans, they don't, they're not interested in, in being friends with a foreigner. You yeah. go to Cairo or Morocco, you know, they want to be friends with foreigners. Yeah. They probably want to swindle you at the end of the day, yeah. right? <laughs> but they're, they're genuinely interested and love people. Right. Mm -hmm. That's the that's the vibes I get from people in Cairo. They love to talk. Right. And in Morocco, they're very much similar. And so it's very easy to make genuine friendships in those countries. Not the case in Mecca. Mm -hmm. OK, so it was literally my time. My classes, all my classes were happening from Maghrib. By Maghrib, then I'm at uh, the Sayyid's house, Sayyid Muhammad Adwin Maliki. I'm at his door, the gate of his house. Uh, it's like a, he has a like a semi-public area. Mm. where you know guests could come in from Maghrib to Isha I pray Salat al-Isha I head over to the Haram or I leave before and I pray in the Haram um, uh, at the Kaaba yeah. after people uh, go out the locals are there with their tea and their dates and there was a community of Mauritanians mm. and the elders would make Salah Qiyam basically and they would recite the Quran by themselves the young ones would review their Quran and the middle-aged ones would, would teach. They would teach people like myself. They would teach their, you know, people from their community. They would give them tasmiyah. Either you're memorizing the Quran or you're memorizing mutun. Okay? Mm. And so they would stay there for about another hour, two hours, let's say, after Aisha. Maybe 90 minutes. And then they'd all go have a quick bite and call it a day. Right? Yeah. And so the bulk of action in the summertime happens from Maghrib until midnight. Right? You sleep a little bit, you wake up for Fajr, and then you're up again, but you're out in the middle of the day because it is just so scorching hot. You have to stay indoors, and most people take a nap. Right? So um, in that period of time, literally from midnight all the way until Maghrib, that's, the whole, that's more than half the day because the day's so long. Yeah. I'm just alone. I was just alone in either at a library or at the little apartment that I had there, yeah, yeah. it was so miserable. That's, that's when it clicked in my head, I can't, I gotta have a companion, right? Mm. And this is so miserable. And I literally physically got sick. Yeah, right? yeah. I physically got 
pneumonia from number one, the sort of like uh, discomfort of the loneliness, mm. but number two, you know, their air condition is insane, right? <laughs> the, the, they blast the air condition on freeze and then you go outside and it's so hot, right? And yeah. so I got pneumonia. I was in the hospital for like three weeks. It was absolute utter misery. I yeah. came back like uh, with the white flag up and I was like, okay, <laughs> I submit, I'll get married, right? <laughs> Before that, I didn't want to get married. I was, I was having a blast going to Morocco, yeah. go to Yemen, right? Yeah. Uh, but that trip really, so this is the time where the fruit of marriage and the fruit of family has come to benefit a lot of people. Yeah, um, I believe in the future we will see a time where the fruit of community will come to pass. Right, uh, that community is going to show us that you know that's that's uh, going to be our savior uh, after uh, you know by the permission of Allah, of course. So when uh, when we see these when we see these stories of people that are you know uh, trying to get married and this and that. Um, and then obviously like the marriage wasn't really the main focus of the like, podcast, but inshallah we can touch upon it a little bit um, for the last few moments. Uh, so, you know, where do, where, obviously the Prophet ﷺ says, you know, right? Very, very famous. Everybody's like, you know, just deen, deen, deen. Okay. Now, what about when one person is above you in deen or one person is below you in deen what do what does one do then i don't recommend for a woman to marry a guy that she has to pull up in the deen mm. no he's supposed to be your imam yeah right he's gonna be the one who's basically you know uh uh raising your children i also don't recommend a man someone said uh there's a woman you know i don't know you know, should I marry or not because of this X, Y, Z situation and habit, this, that. I said, it's very simple. Like she's like 22 years old. If your daughter's 22, do you want her to be her? Are you happy? If that's your daughter at the age of 22, would you be happy? Right. Yeah. Or at the age that she is now? And yeah. he said, no. I said, then why? Then, then that's your answer. Right. Because she's going to be the mom of your daughter. Usually, you know, it's, uh, it's people don't really change that radically after marriage. Yeah, yeah. All right. Marriage is not one of the reasons for people to change radically, except the one thing that they may change is not their worldview, is not their belief. It's most likely their character traits that are their flawed character. So someone who gets angry quickly or someone who's selfish or stubborn, that stuff may change. But their worldview and their dean, no. Right. I wouldn't uh, say that, you know, let's change that. No, I would say that look at the person. Would you want for a sister, your son is 25 years old, right? Would you want that guy that's proposing to you? If mm. someone said, that's your son in 25 years, would you be happy, yes or no? That's a quick litmus test to say, if you say, I would, very, I would be very happy, right? If that mm. was my son, right? At the age of 25, then marry that person, right? That's your answer right there. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, no, that's good because a lot of people they just uh, they go for looks, <laughs> you know, uh, because and then that fades and then there's really no substance beyond that. So uh, that's what we have to look at as well. Um, and as far as um, just just as far as the the whole idea of the the adhkar and and the awrad, right? We uh, we look at why why we do these things, right? Why do we do that? We don't do it to show off to people. I can do you know two thousand salawat in a day, right? We don't do that for showing off. We do it for our own protection, for our own purposes, right? 
Um, and, and that comes into the, uh, the uh, idea of protection is from, right, from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, right? And how do you get that? You get, do the adhkar. Now, when the adhkar come and you don't do your adhkar, right? If you're someone that does your adhkar every, every day, right? And then you don't do it one day. You're basically taking off your shield willingly, all right? Willingly. So, so what, what would you say? say that? Uh, like the, what can we do for protection? The shield of the awrad is a chain mill. Mm. Right? It's a chain mill. Mm-hmm. And the the only way it becomes a protection for you is 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 by consistency. Yeah, yeah. Right. So yes, one day the the way it guards you for the day. But as a strong shield, the automat have likened it to um, you know, something that needs to be done all every day. And the if someone skips it, he gets used to skipping it. He, it, it becomes a habit to skip his wird. As a result of that, he ends up, uh, you know, becoming somebody who may, you know, go a month without saying a word. Then you don't have a word, right? You don't yeah. have a word. So you have a word. Having a word means something to do every day, and that's why was, we say yeah. start small, so it's yeah, doable. Exactly, beginner yeah. stuff, and then yeah, uh, so that it's the doable. beginner stuff you mentioned, uh, Surah Fatiha, Ayat al Kursi, uh, the last two ayats of Surah Baqarah, and then the three quls. Look, let's say somebody um, wants to start now. What Let's say, say somebody that? is so weak. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, I can't even do any of this. Yeah. This is too much. Okay. Uh-huh. 100 istighfar, mm-hmm. 100 salah on the Prophet, 100 la ilaha illallah. There it is. That takes less than four minutes. Yes. That's it. Okay. Yeah. So that, uh, <laughs> exactly. if someone does that, then at that point, you know, every day, morning, and evening is. Uh, that's what you need, right? Every day, morning and evening. If you do that, you're good to go. Mm-hmm. So that's that's simple. Morning and evening. That's so, how. I mean, who who cannot do that? I think everyone can do that, right? I think so. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, one hundred of each. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, um, and that's that's very very important for uh, your own dean and everything as well. Um, so, I think that, uh, and especially when everybody should look at is. Um, the the work that you do on uh, Safina Society as well. Um, so now I think you're in your you're about to probably be done somewhere with with some Safina Society classes, right? But or well, is Safina Society? Still... What happened? What what we developed with mm-hmm. is um, we now take There's a lot of stuff. Yeah, by semester. It's now by semester. Mm, okay. And between semesters, people take the classes that they couldn't take during the semester. Like a crash like course or pre-recorded. Quicker. Yeah, pre-recorded classes. So uh, the, the, uh, this, there's a summer term, there's a fall term, and there's a spring term. Mm. And each term will have a number of classes. Right? Yeah. We have classes seven days a week. Mm. And so the classes are for all levels. And our goal yeah. is to cover all the topics. So children all the way up to adults. Mm. Um, Common person wants a simple class all the way to scholarship classes. Mm. And so this summer we've had Sundays are a big day for the scholarship classes. We have yeah. other classes like Arabic, Tajweed. We have children, uh, fit for kids. We have for teens, for tweens, right? And all those types of categories. But then um, when the term is over, what we found is that people, they want to catch up with the class that they couldn't take. Mm. So there's usually a month or two between semesters. Yeah. Right. So between summer and fall, there's like, uh, two maybe about two months for maybe less than that for um, between fall and spring there's maybe five weeks six weeks so 
people take uh, the classes that they could at the pre-recorded classes or the recordings. So you take a class, it's all recorded on myarcview.org, right? And within 24 hours, it's uploaded there, the class. Yeah. So, but the live class is far more beneficial and people love the live classes. Yeah, right? it's the interaction. Yes, yeah, well. interaction and uh, tajweed, Arabic. And I love using the iPad now. With the Ar- with the Arabic, I don't know if you've seen me do it, but the the writing, yeah, yeah, yeah writing with the Arabic on the uh, on the iPad, uh, and then it shares to the to the Zoom screen, and then yeah. people could talk and ask questions. So uh, it's really booming, and we people have been asking us, believe it or not, about a full time program. Yeah, yeah, it's like, like a seminary type thing. Yeah, because this the classes now are currently for personal enrichment, mm-hmm. nights and weekends. Now, personal enrichment doesn't mean you're not going to learn. You can have scholarship track in personal enrichment. Mm-hmm. But now the actual Island program, yeah. um, which the, my first thought is to do it on site and to get a building, do it on site. Yeah. I'm now thinking, wait, what if we did it online, right? We started off online. Started off, yeah. Online Island program, right? So everyone's has to do this. We have no choice, right? It's so, very excited. <laughs> yeah, so now we might do that uh, from 9 a.m. to 4.30 p.m. Yeah. with a couple breaks in between. Mm-hmm. Right? and a big lunch break in between. And I think we can achieve a lot. People could learn a ton if we did that. Right? Yeah. And now and then, I think people are used to uh, going on Zoom and being on the internet for a long time. Exactly. And, and knowing and maturing enough to block out uh, uh, you know, distractions and to actually take their class. Yeah, people have set up their own studios. Like I, I just have this own space. You have your own space. Yeah. You know I mean? And also, used to it now. many people say that, you know, online learning is no good because you need the suhba. But suhba can be online too. Yeah, it's not going to be the same, right? Yeah. But, but when you... You won't be are, able to hug each other. But like. Yeah, if you're... Ta- uh, online learning, if it's just a video and there's no live person, the live teacher, that's no. different. That's yeah. where you could say, yeah, you need the suhba. But when you have a live teacher that you can text after class, that you can email after class, that you could talk to, it's, it is extremely beneficial exactly. right? to, to be able to talk to a scholar, whether after, in class or after class, uh, live, and then day after day after day after day, mm. right? I, I agree that it's not the same. There's no doubt about it. But I can't, you can't say there's no benefit in that. There's a lot of benefit in being able to have a relationship, a virtual relationship with a scholar. Exactly. And yeah, I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make that easy for us. Inshallah, it's going to be a very beneficial program when we do start. Um, and, and definitely will produce like scholars, bi'idhna Allah ta'ala. Um, and and I, I, do, I do feel like uh, as far as being uh, growing up in America, me, myself, there was never really an emphasis on me for memorization, which I think you know, we can revive, inshallah, you know, uh, because that's, that's a, a very important part of our tradition, not only as preservation of all the matun, um, all of the Qur'an that we must memorize, but uh, inshallah, that will be also very beneficial. So, Jazakallah Khair, Dr. Shadi, I thank you very much for coming on. Um, and um, I, I, I usually try to keep everything under an hour. That's good. So, it's just, you know, it's very good. functional and everything, so... Yeah. Uh, I thank you again. Very beneficial talks on adhkar, um, the the benefits of being in seclusion, uh, and also small little marriage talks. But just you know, <laughs> very very beneficial. Um, so I ask everyone to follow Dr. Shadi at um, 
at Dr. Shadi, uh, I think it's at Dr. Yeah, at Dr. Shadi Al Masri, uh, D R Dr. S H A D E E E L M A S R Y, Dr. Shadi Al Masri on Twitter, um, on Instagram, everywhere. So, inshallah, you can also benefit from him. Um, I thank you for you know coming here, taking your time out. I know you're a very busy person. So, uh, my pleasure, man. Anytime. No, of course. With that, we uh, we end. Uh, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.